Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. So today we're in John chapter 9 and before we go go there to start the reading, let's go to God in prayer. Lord, we thank you so much for today and for the many blessings. Grateful for you letting us talk to you and come before you, for seeking you out and doing your will, gaining understanding and learning more about you. And Father, I come just asking as we go through this reading that you'd be the one who speaks through us, that you, Holy Spirit, would open our hearts, our minds, and our spirits so that we would understand more, we would have greater takeaway, learn how to apply this to our lives so that you can be honored and glorified more by our, our lives. I pray that you would be the one speaking, nothing from me, everything from you, and that you'd be honored with what we say and do. Help us to understand more, Father, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So chapter 9 is about a blind man. But the cool thing is, is this whole progression through John has really been a walk through how Jesus fulfills the Old Testament prophets and you know prophecies and whatnot. Not only fulfills them, but makes them even better. So as we go through this, I just want to quickly read from the ESV expository commentary something about, you know, a little introduction here. It says, At the feast in Jerusalem, Jesus healed a man lame 38 years. That was John chapter 5. Then with the Passover feast at hand, Jesus fed the multitude, ascended the mountain, crossed the water, and identified himself as the fulfillment of manna from heaven. Chapter 6. With the feast of tabernacles at hand, Jesus identified himself as the fulfillment of the rock from which the waters flowed in the wilderness, giving the Holy Spirit in place of water, chapter 7. And he also asserted himself to be the light of the world, fulfilling the pillar of flame and cloud, chapter 8. Jesus did not shrink from asserting his identity as the one who appeared to Moses in the burning bush, I am. These Old Testament fulfillments establish Jesus as the one who brings about the prophesied fulfillment of both the exodus from Egypt and the prophesied new exodus and return from exile. The exile resulted from Israel's sin, and Isaiah was commissioned to harden hearts, stop ears, and close eyes until Israel went into exile. That's Isaiah 6, verses 10 through 12. This hardening was to be lifted when the Lord gave sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, and understanding to the heart. Even the lame would be healed. Isaiah 35.5 Jesus came to accomplish the fulfillment of what the exodus from Egypt typified, and the prophets prophesied about a new exodus and a return from exile. To set that in motion, Jesus gave sight to the blind, doing a new creation work, that resulted in his being worshipped. So Jesus is the fulfillment. John walks through all of that in the various chapters. And let's just go ahead and jump on into For me, that was a lot of good context. I didn't understand all of that because I'm not Jewish. I don't know. And I don't really understand and haven't heard a lot of teaching on all of that. 
But the Jews of the day definitely understood all of it. So that's why so many of them were outraged when Jesus made his claims. At the same time, you know, I just think about as we go through and we read how ridiculous some of these people were in order to not understand and not see what was there. Now, it's easy for me to say, it's easy for me to judge. Um, having grown up with this understanding, they didn't. They lived it and they were living it. So it's not like, oh, yeah, from the beginning that Jesus was a fulfillment you know, in their life, you know, as they grew up, they, you know, I've always known Jesus is the fulfillment. <clears throat> These guys didn't. So anyways, with that, let's jump into chapter nine, verse one. As he went along, he saw a blind, a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind? See, because there was always this thought that your circumstances, what you were born to was a result of something you've done or your parents did. So if you were crippled, you obviously your parents or someone in a previous life or whatnot related to you did something horrible. And so you wound up paying the price for it. Jesus says in verse three, neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. Could you imagine? 38 years, and now he sees. He's never seen red. He's never seen orange or green. He's never seen a sunset or a sunrise. He's never seen his mother's face. Verse 8. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that it was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. <laughs> but he himself insisted, I'm the man. How then were your eyes opened? They asked. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man, they asked. I don't know, he said. Let's remember, he was blind. <laughs> Verse 13. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore, the Pharisees also asked him, How have you received his sight? How, how he had received his sight? And he says, He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, How can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. Then they turned again to the blind man. What do you have to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, He is a prophet. They still, not, still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son? They asked. Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that now he can see? We know he is our son, the parents answered, and we know he was born blind. But how he can see now, or how it, op how 
or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Or we don't know. I'm sorry. Let's just start up back at verse 20. We know he is our son, the parents answered, and we know he was born blind. But how we how he can see now or who opened his eyes? We don't know. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Remember, the Jewish leaders hated Jesus and they were trying to kill him. They threatened to excommunicate and kick everyone out who, who did believe in him. So the parents were very afraid for themselves. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders, who already had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. That was why his parents said, He is of age. Ask him. A second time they summoned the man who had been blind. See, this reminds me so much of me when I'm trying to rationalize doing something wrong. I've been many times had a hardened heart. And I'm just like, nope, screw it. I'm doing it. I know it's wrong. But, you know, do I? is it really wrong? No, what about this? What about that? No, no, I'm not going to listen to that story, that information from this pastor from the Bible. Instead, I'm going to listen to this. And I'm just going to go and go with some lame argument so I can continue to sin. So this is, this is what it reminds me of. Verse 24, second time they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man, meaning Jesus, is a sinner. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I have already told you, and you did not listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they hurled insults at him and said, You are this fellow's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, Now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does as well. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. Some wise words from a beggar who's never been educated. Verse 34. To this they replied, You were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. The fear of what was going to happen by his parents then happened to him. Verse 35. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me, so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, for judgment, I have, I have come into the world, so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say, say this and asked, what, are we blind too? Jesus said, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. 
So I just see, for me, what I see is pretty pertinent. A, I can relate to the Pharisees and the Jewish leaders. I've tied myself in knots rationalizing something so that I could continue to do it because I didn't want to lose it or what I thought was the benefit of it. Or I just wanted to keep on sinning. I also see that, okay, the Pharisees, man, their response when someone's pointing out their their flawed thinking and telling them, hey, you know what? You need to stop that or whatever. Your thinking's broken. And I've done this too. They kick them out. And I've kicked people out of my lives, life before, who were trying to help me, who were trying to point something out to me. But what does God do? What does Jesus do? He finds that person. So it literally says, and when he found him, Jesus sought him out. Jesus found him, talked to him, helped him understand more, and brought him to a new life. And then the ones who were educated were like, hey, we're, we're not blind. And he's like, no. And that's why you are blind. You're spiritually blind. If you knew, if you were spiritually blind before and <clears throat> not educated on right and wrong, you could, I mean, if you weren't educated on right and wrong, for the most part, there's a, an excuse. But when you do know right from wrong, you know all the the prophecies, you know everything, then you don't have an excuse. And that's ultimately what he's saying to them. John is a book of amazing elements. And for me, I just have to keep thanking God for opening my eyes the little tiny bit each day more than maybe yesterday. And so with that, let's go back to God in prayer. Lord, thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you for talking to us. We're grateful for the way that you, the creator of all, who spoke into existence the world, who spoke me and us into existence, who knows our shortcomings and our strengths, you still chose to fellowship with us, to call us sons and daughters, to adopt us into your family and to love us. So, Father, I just praise you for that, and I thank you for the way you've cared for us. I ask, Lord, that you would be with us this day as we go about our day. And I just pray for this weekend that our hearts and our minds would be focused on you, that we would spend good time with our families, and that we would love you and know you. I thank you, Father. I pray that we would continue to grow closer to you so that we could love you with our whole being and love our neighbors ourselves. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.